1077 The Franchise is your flagship for Oklahoma sports. So we decided to launch a podcast with the very best names in Oklahoma sports media to cover it. When they said no, we called in some interns. Thank goodness John changed his mind before we did something stupid. This is Inside OU with John Hoover on the Franchise Podcast Network. All right, everybody, what's up? Welcome to another edition of the Inside OU Podcast. This is Brady Trantham alongside Mr. John Hoover, fresh from player availability, Lincoln Riley availability. John, OU went to town. They went to L.A. They kicked ass. They did what they were supposed to do uh, relatively, except for probably 2.5 drives in that game uh, defensively. Um, they took care of business. Uh, basically, what was the mood around the players? What was the mood around Lincoln Riley? Because if you if you're just going to go by Jalen Hurts, you're probably going to think, man, yeah. that was probably this is probably going to be very boring to talk to these guys. But yeah. they're not all Jalen Hurts. Uh, Jalen, I think, is starting to rub off on these guys a little oh, bit. Oh yeah, uh, unfortunately. So um, yeah, if we're if we're asking what the mood is, I think it's two two things. It's very buttoned down, very businesslike. Okay, that's that's the main thing, and everybody's talking about you know the next opponent. Everybody's talking about the work that they've got to get done in the open date. Everybody's talking about the the things that they left on the table in, in the UCLA game. The other thing I'm noticing a little bit, what seems like, and maybe it's that buttoned down kind of businesslike approach, but uh, I'm noticing kind of a uh, fatigue maybe setting in. You got you got the entire month of August. Okay, training camp. And then you got three straight games, so this is a really good week, I think, for the for the open date, uh, and you know, right before Big Twelve conference play starts. I you, think the guys need this. Yeah, you mean when you're setting up a schedule, or if you're like looking at a schedule, you ideally want to have a bye week at least before Texas or right before conference play because it's a much different, as you all know, everybody watching on John Hoover's YouTube page, by the way. Thank you guys, um, and for those listening. You're all very familiar. It's much. It's a much different brand of football. It's not a not necessarily a better brand of football, but it's a much different brand of yeah. football when you're playing in the non-conference and then going into the Big Twelve. Now, OU has at least um, at, thus far, defensively and offensively, they've passed the test with their non-conference slate, which is not aged well. It is aged like milk. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, pretty bad to say the least. But that's not OU's fault. They did exactly what they yep. were supposed to do. So no criticism uh, thrown their way at all. But now they got this bye week, and uh, it's interesting that you say fatigue. I- I'm curious: is that a bad thing? Is that a a good thing? Like, is this like a like, dude, Jalen? Let's let's be let's let's smile now. Like, we we did some cool stuff. Right. Come on now. Yeah. Um, so today was uh, Lincoln Riley's faux press conference. Okay, so the, the head coach comes out and talks about. You know, usually he's 30 minutes on Mondays. Uh, tonight, after practice, it was about 17 minutes. So there's that. And then uh, <laughs> they also reserve for Monday nights after practice the defense. So we didn't get a chance to talk to Jalen. That'll be tomorrow night. Um, but, yeah, on the whole, I don't, I don't mean fatigue in a bad way. I think fatigue at this stage means you've been working, you've been grinding, as the kids like to say. Uh, and that's a good thing. Oh, those that, kids. Yeah, the, the, these, ki- these guys need to understand – the amount of work that goes in. If you're not tired at this stage of the season, three games in, but you put a month of training camp before that, you better be tired. So I think it's a good thing. I mean, it's certainly, I mean, on the field, it's been a great thing because, again, outside of maybe about two and a half drives defensively against UCLA, um, you know, maybe some motivation with South Dakota, and then, of course, the fourth quarter of Houston, um, it's been pretty damn near perfect. 
Um, of course, there's still concerns. There's still concern with the left tackle position, although it was a little bit better against UCLA. Not the best. Robinson is still having issues not holding on big yeah. plays. Uh, you, sh- I mean, I don't you you watched the game. You weren't actually in L. A. But poor C. D. Lamb. He's probably the most pissed off at Robinson of anybody involved with the team because the camera panned right to him, and I think CD had caught a big like thirty yard yeah. pass, and then he turned around and looked and saw a flag and just threw his head up in the air like, "Dude, come on, Jalen's not enough. already throwing me the ball enough." He's <laughs> well. Remember the same exact thing happened last week against South Dakota. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, you second well, second play of the game, I think Jalen Jalen throws to uh, CD. It's a back shoulder fade. So it's like a forty yard completion, and mm-hmm. next thing you know, nope, coming back for holding. So. Uh, but Jalen, you know, uh, got his on the first drive. There was a holding penalty on the first play of the game. Yeah. On Second play of the game. On, against UCLA? Oh, yeah, UCLA. First play of the game was that 52-yard rush. Okay, second play of the game. They pushed him back 10 yards. He ended up yeah. the first drive with 99 yards rushing. Your quarterback. This isn't Emmett Smith or Walter Payton we're talking about here. Your quarterback has 99 yards rushing in the first drive. How in the hell? The incredible thing, like, because obviously everybody knows by now, Jalen Hurts rushed for the most yards in one quarter in the first quarter yeah. than any OU quarterback in history. Are you telling me that Jack Mildren, <laughs> Steve Davis, Thomas Lott, J.C. Watts, none of those guys did that? Jamel Holloway? Jamel Holloway. Like, all it takes is like one 80-yard run, then get the ball back, and you're probably going to eclipse yeah. 100. I can't believe that just never happened to OU. Jamel Holloway, who's from L.A. So, yeah, I mean, that you talk about eclipsing somebody's record, right? Um I asked uh, several DBs. We got the bugs in here tonight. I asked um, several DBs at the um, media interviews tonight. Uh, Trey Brown, Patrick Fields. Um, oh gosh, one of the other safeties. They, they ran literally ten guys in there, so it's all kind DTY. of running together for me. Uh, unfortunately, no. Oh um, yeah. <laughs> uh, so I asked them about none other than Jalen Hurts. Hey, Jalen Hurts, did you see this? In the preseason, did you see Jalen Hurts running for 150 yards against UCLA during training camp, during two-a-days, during preseason, whatever, practice? And they're all like, yeah, we, we knew he could do this. I'm like, no, you saw him do it again when he was with Alabama. You never saw because he's wearing that blue no-contact jersey. You got that blue jersey on, you can't go anywhere. I would have got thrown out for this, but then I would have been like, well, yeah, that was against your defense. <laughs> <laughs> did you did you see him doing this against we anybody else? We knew he was this good. <laughs> No, um, God, yeah, Jalen has – look, people are going to hype him up for the Heisman Trophy. And, you know, even – you know, Africa's up until the Texas game last year, people were kind of mentioning Kyler like, oh, wouldn't that be cool yeah. if Kyler Murray won the Heisman right. the year after Baker Mayfield? But it's not going to happen. And then Texas happened, and outside of that exciting fourth quarter where he redeemed himself for a really bad second and third quarter that lost OU that game – um, I was still like not a really big believer that Kyler could do it. You know, half of it was fatigue from the OU standpoint. Half of it was, yeah. I just don't know what else he can do at this point. And he, of course, proved me wrong, won himself a Heisman. Um, people are going to hype up Jalen Hurts, of course, because of the the great narrative that surrounds him transferring from yep. losing mm-hmm. his job at Alabama, transferring to another blue blood program at OU. And there's, you know, OU has all their uh, they have all their uh, aspirations in front of them. And if Jalen Hurts is able to play at that level consistently, OU's going to reach that. And if they do, Jalen's going to be in that conversation in New York City uh, once once we reach December. But I just I still can't see it. But my God, he has performed at such a level that like it's not Baker and it's not Kyler, but it's Jalen, and yeah. that's mm-hmm. that's so and it's so damn good. Yeah, they're not utilizing Trey Sermon. They're not utilizing to like they could. 
maybe I'm not going to say should, but like they could. Uh, Kennedy Brooks, C.D. Lamb. It's the Jalen Hurts show. The Oklahoma offense has become the Jalen Hurts show. Consider that for a minute. He's uh, what is he fifth in the, in the nation in rushing yards per game? Yeah, I think he's top five. That's he's, he's OU's leading rusher for sure. Um, he he's he's literally a and we've said this before. He's a running back back there when he's running the football. He's a running back who has the ability to pull up and throw. It's it's amazing. Um, he he's his passing efficiency is 250 right now, which is the record, the NCAA record, which Baker set and then Kyler almost set, but Tua set last year, is just about 199. That's the that's the NCAA record. His record, his efficiency rating, which will come down, but it's currently 250. Yeah. He's playing at a level that, honestly, I don't think any of us have ever seen. And I'm talking Kyler. I'm talking Baker. I'm talking Tebow. Cam Newton at this stage uh, didn't have these numbers. Now – I got uh, on on Twitter last night. I was saying, hey, check this out. Oklahoma State has the number one leading rusher in the entire country and the number one leading receiver in the entire country. How does that happen? Well, it's pretty impressive. Somebody tweeted at me, yeah, well, that happens when you play air. And I said, wait a minute. Everybody's playing air right now. Every OU's playing air. Uh, everybody but Texas so far has played uh, three three games of Some air. Some schools have lost to air already. That's true. That's true. <laughs> Did you see, though, OU's uh, non-conference schedule is now – their non-conference schedule record, 1-8. and eight. UCLA 0 and 3, South Dakota 0 and 3, and Houston 1 and 2. And look, you know, that point is well that point is well taken and yes, we haven't learned a lot about OU. I mean, we, we know some things, but I do know one thing. They at least have a pulse on defense and they at least have a set of balls. And I don't know what that's going to equate to <laughs> because OU played bad if not worse teams than what they've seen thus far yeah. last year and those teams with backup quarterbacks racked up all the yards no, that's right. scored all the points Kansas so Puka. they at least seem like that they are following some type of attitude uh-huh. and they're adhering to it whether it's them putting their fist up in the air when right. they get a stop or Anything. a turnover Anything. they are manifesting Alex Grinch's philosophy agreed and so maybe that's all that was needed maybe just a different voice but um okay. yeah. A couple of quick quotes from tonight. One uh, from Lincoln Riley. Um, he said, "The uh, I said, how's the defensive line playing? He said, uh, they're playing aggressive. They're, they're disruptive. Uh, he said, I like seeing violent plays from the defensive line. That's a great word for a coach. Uh, Jalen Redmond was violent the entire violent. time. Neville Gallimore, Neville Gallimore, who I don't even think had that much to say in the uh, box score. Mm-hmm. But it seemed like every, every play that you paid attention, he blew up the center. Yeah. And immediately, if you blow up the center of the pocket, you're, that play's done. He's making money this year. Oh, uh, yeah. Neville Gallimore is. And uh, so Alex Grinch, uh, when I asked him about the defensive line, he said he is a – Alex Grinch is a TFL freak. Tackle for loss freak is the way he phrased it. Meaning he wants those guys playing every down in the backfield. Okay, he wants them in the backfield, disrupting things, knocking guys down, chasing the quarterback. Uh, and you saw it the other night. There, he would, DTR would turn around for a handoff, and there would be a Sooner standing there going, "Which one should I tackle? Should I tackle the running back before he gets the handoff, that's, or should I tackle the quarterback before he hands it off?" That's uh, maybe we should just get into that now. Um, one of my few gripes from that game, it seemed like every read, which was. Pretty much like 99% of UCLA's plays were just reads out of the shotgun. (laughs) Seemed like, oh, you had no idea where the ball was. Now, they were in position to do something about it. I don't know how many times Ronnie Perkins was there to blow somebody up, but he waited 
And then, of course, Dorian made the read, and mm-hmm. the ball went away from him. That's why defensive linemen average one to less than one to 1.1 defensive uh, uh, tackles for loss per game. You know what I mean? The good ones it's hard. get about no, one or two per game. I don't want to like just say like they're trash because, right. of course, like Ryan Perkins, Jalen Remen, those guys are fantastic thus far. They're having a good uh, year. But that was – that was a little eye-opening. There were so many more potential plays, tackles for loss in that game that were left on the table because they just simply didn't know where the ball was. And you're not going to see that much read option in the Big 12, but you're going to see a lot of RPOs. You're right. So that can be a little concerning because, I mean, who knows? I mean, this is – don't want to get too ahead of ourselves. We've got the bye week. And they've got Texas Tech, which who knows if Bowman's able to go. Um, if it's whoever text backup is uh, Duffy, Doofy, what, he has Jet a, Duffy, Jet Duffy, okay. Jet Duffy, love him. Who had to come back in? He had to come back in uh, last year yes, and so you. Mm-hmm. Um, they're just gonna dink and dunk OU to death. Collapsed lung last year twice. Uh, busted up shoulder apparently this year. Collarbone, shoulder. Mm, yeah, he's not playing in two no. weeks. Um, but yeah, that was just a little concern of mine. Um, and I guess we'll just keep going with this because I had some a little bit of bol- bullet points here on my phone. Um, the third and 21 with a 20-yard catch. It reminded me of the Texas game last year when it was third and whatever, and they threw a six-yard quit route, like let's just get some field position. And no it turned one wanted in, to tackle. Nobody wanted to tackle. They just dragged him and said, here, here's a first down. Um, well, I don't think they got a first down that play. I think they just got a fourth and one, which is like easy for Sam oh, Ellinger yeah. to pick up. Oh, yeah. um, it's the same thing with OU. If you get in short-yard situations, good luck stopping Jalen Hurts. But that was annoying. Um, the team really over three games, uh, especially defensively, hasn't really kept focus from start to finish. The fourth quarter, no, Houston been dips. You're right, dips here and there against South Dakota, and that drive right out of halftime. And this, I had no, I had no thoughts that UCLA was going to come back and win that game. But um, I believe UCLA scores. OU has to. OU goes three and out on the following drive, if I'm correct. I think they go three and out, and then they force That's right. a turnover on downs yeah. on the following drive for it UCLA. Almost, it almost became yeah. It almost became like oh well, now they're down two scores. Right. So um, that's something that against more talented offenses, more capable players. Uh, that's that's a concern for me moving forward with this team, just not being able to keep focus. But again, they're doing new things, they're playing new guys, and Alex Grinch is playing a lot of guys. Mm. I mean, Brian Mead played meaningful snaps. I never thought I'd ever say that sentence, <laughs> but he played meaningful snaps. I don't know yeah. if that's a good thing, but um, you're going to be playing tougher teams. Uh, not being able to keep focus is a little scary to me at this point. One of the guys uh, was asking the question tonight, uh, fans, message board fans, um, T-shirt fans, whatever you want to call them, are freaking out. Me? <laughs> <laughs> Every time Kenneth Murray comes off the field in the second quarter or late first quarter, and Brian Mead comes in or somebody like, you know what I mean? The Oh, what's wrong with the linebacker? Oh, my God, the, the defense is going. That's There's something to that. Um, but what they're doing is they're developing depth. They're developing, you know, next year's players and the players in, you know, I think I think they realized a couple of drives in, this is going to be an easy night. Yeah. we uh, Basically, Lincoln Riley doesn't want a Brandon Crowe situation on his hands, <laughs> no. which – Got to have those guys I, ready. I don't, I don't know how many times me, my dad, my friends, over the years we would complain, like, why is so-and-so in this game still? Now, it's, it's not something as simple as uh, you build death by getting up by 45 points yep. and then throwing them in. Look, they're good, meaningful snaps to backups because they're out there playing against somebody else, but it's not at the same time. So I kind of appreciate what Alex Grinch is doing, putting them in when the game is still relatively in doubt. You need to, to ask Alex how many guys played tonight. 
Uh, it had to be over 22. Oh, definitely. It had to be, yeah. It pretty it much the entire second unit. I'm sure. Yeah. Um, which goes into the other thing I wanted to talk about, Jaden Davis. Oh, yeah. He's looking good. Um, did you, by chance, I don't really mean to toot my own horn, but did you see my tweet during the game? <laughs> I, 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 I know so. you had to watch it on uh, replay. I um, so you remember that third and about third and 11, they run a jail, uh, UCLA runs a jailbreak screen mm-hmm. that it was blocked perfectly. Yep. All he had to do was just get away from Jaden Davis and it was going, it was mm-hmm. going for like 30. Jaden Davis made the tackle. So I tweeted, um, what, what exactly did I say? Well, I'll just ask you this. How did, why did Jaden Davis make that tackle? Cause John? he's a freshman. And he hasn't been coached. There yet. you go. There you go. <laughs> so I've we been all saying that for three years about the OUD. <laughs> he wasn't ruined by Mike or Kerry, Co- uh, Kerry Cooks. Yeah. Who's um, coming to town in two weeks, by the way? Very <laughs> close. Oh, vengeance. Vengeance. Um, Lincoln no. got a question about him tonight. Said that uh, Deservingly so. Yeah, he said he was really – he's not really concerned about it. He said there's a lot of crossover in coaching these days. You know, you, this guy coached here and that guy coached with that guy. But he was your DB coach last year. He was fully versed on how to at least try to stop this offense. I, I think Lincoln is confident enough in his players and his offensive scheme. It doesn't matter what Kerry Cook Lincoln's did like, I'm so I'm year. so afraid of his five foot eight <laughs> cornerbacks. Right. I'm shaking in my What my he should have said was, did you see the defense that we had last year? You think I'm afraid of that? <laughs> um, no, but like, you know, with Alex Grinch's ability to basically force feed depth, you know, depth that may not be there by the end of the year, but just for him to have like the confidence that, if Kenneth Murray rolls an ankle and has to sit out a drive, like at least I know you'll at least mm-hmm. be in the right spot. Can you make an athletic play to do something about it? I don't know, but you, you're, you can only wish for so much um, as a backup. But one guy, you know, and, and Jaden Davis. To finish your point, yeah, guys tonight were saying, "Oh man, Jaden Davis is the real deal." And his yeah, teammates were so. Where does he play? He's backup corner. Trey Brown but needs man. to keep his head on a swivel. Yes, because look, and Trey, Trey said. Speaking of which, he gave up the touchdown on the missed tackle down by. Yeah, the I don't know line. what he was thinking. Here's what he said. He, I, I had asked him about that specifically, and he said, "Yeah, I'm very disappointed how that went down." He goes, uh, "I've been working on a lot of other things in my game, how to do certain things, how, uh, other elements of my game." And he said, "I let tackling slide. I, I didn't work on my tackling." He goes, "Now I need to start go back to fundamentals and work on my tackling. He said, I'm a good tackler. And he said, when I see that, it hurts me because I can tackle. I go back to high school. I don't care if it's last year. I can tackle. So he's confident enough to play yeah. that cornerback position and say, I'm, I can tackle. I'm no Deion Sanders. Yeah, and, you know. I think that's encouraging. I, I said this a, I said this a few weeks ago. Like, the big test for me um, with Alex Grinch in this defense was not necessarily learning anything against Houston. We were going to learn things as the weeks um, went on. Because you may not make a lot of mistakes against Houston. Mm-hmm. You may not make a lot of mistakes against South Dakota and then UCLA. But in those three games, you've probably somebody or maybe a unit has piled up a lot of mistakes. In this case, it's the safeties. But with Trey Brown, he was the guy who gave up the big touchdown against Houston on an open field with tackle. Yep. And he was the guy yep. who gave up UCLA's uh, touchdown in this particular play that we're talking about. It's got to be te- better. So. The test is don't let those things bring you down mm-hmm. don't let those things destroy you and it becomes who you are right. so it's good to know that they have at least this foundation of we're pretty we're pretty good like we don't know how great we are but we feel like we can do a lot of damage in this conference and help this team reach the level that um they haven't been able to reach over the last few years mm-hmm. 
And so it's nice that they have that foundation because then they can go back, like you're saying with Trey Brown, and, and just kind of go back to the drawing board and say, yeah, I've sucked at tackling in three games, and that needs to change because uh, competition's about to get stiffer. Yeah, no, he and he knows that. And Texas Tech uh, has legitimately good receivers. We don't know about Bowman's status. I think he's out four to six weeks, yeah, possibly. Yeah. So, which is unfortunate, but it's I mean it's obviously good for OU's chances, yeah. but yeah. Uh, but maybe it's good for OU's chances. Maybe it's not. Maybe Alex Grinch right now is going. Dang, we got to face a dual threat quarterback now. Um, it's a test that I've wanted OU to have. Like DTR didn't really provide a lot of the dual threatness yeah, that I right. was 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 expecting. Yeah. Um, he was certainly fast as hell. Mm-hmm. There was one play where he got around the edge and I was, and that's yeah. yeah. And I was like, oh my god, this guy is good. And mm-hmm. even like, even him throwing the football, the guy's got an arm. It, he's just kind of it, all he, over the place. He's but yeah. yeah accuracy of course it's like he needs to uh, just sit there for about two more years and then transfer somewhere i don't know where um <laughs> no like there's talent with ucla there's going to be talent with um texas tech um but just overall the defense has done nothing but I-, I guess make me proud a little bit it's been the first time that i've been proud of a defensive unit for the most part in a long time and a lot of it john because we've been talking about the secondary um even with Jaden davis it's so weird that we're not saying, like, well, why doesn't he start for Parnell Motley? Parnell yeah. Motley's been good. He's been and okay. Parnell Motley, his entire career, has always been a solid tackler. Right. Um, but the stars of this d- defense, it's not Kenneth Murray. It's this defensive line. Mm-hmm. And, my God, they're good. Yeah. Well, they're so been, good. Been, they've been good against the teams that they've played. Yes. yes. I'm on the couch it that way for you. <laughs> Sorry to bring you down. There's, there's hope, though. There yeah, hasn't been hope there in a while. You know I wrote last week that the Sooners haven't had an All-American defensive lineman yeah. in 10 years since Gerald McCoy. So, I don't think, again, I don't think that's going to change this year. But the fact that they've got three guys, uh, four guys in the in the three-man position who um, have been dynamic. There's no other way to say it. They've been disruptive. They've, they've uh, tackled guys in the backfield. They've chased the quarterback. They've blown plays up. And that's what Neville, Neville Gallimore, uh, was, Alex Grinch was talking about him. He was – in the backfield on virtually every play. Something was happening with him on every play. He was knocking the center back on every play. It was so incredible. That's encouraging to watch. Listen, yeah, okay, sure. It was UCLA, and the UCLA has one of the worst UCLA teams that we've ever seen. But overlay <laughs> what you saw Saturday night with and the past two weeks with what you saw in 2018, I think there's clear, clear improvement. Oh, it's absolutely. It's night and day. Market they didn't look this good last year in these first three. I mean, granted, their third, their third, some plays. Their sure. third game last year was Army. Yeah. So we knew yep, yep. rarely, rather quickly. Um, but they're not going to play Army. They're not going to play a triple option team this year. They're not going to play a team like that. So the guys that they have <laughs> playing against the the certain style of teams that they're going to see. Um, a lot of drop back passing. Good. We've got Jalen Redman. Good. Yeah. We got Ronnie Perkins. Those are two guys that you want chasing quarterbacks. And thus far, they have given me every ink of confidence that they're going to get into the backfield a handful of times during a game and disrupt some plays. And that's all it takes. Um, so, on these YouTube videos that I've been doing, the number one YouTube video that I had uh, that I've had ever, okay, was the Texas post game. All right. Te- te- Kyle, the, Kyle. the Red River rivalry down in Dallas, not Arlington, not the championship, but the <laughs> loss, the Texas loss post game. That was number one. Mm-hmm. Had some Mike Stoops in there. Ugh. The number two was the Army post game. 
mm-hmm. where they could have lost, should have lost, possibly might have lost if not for a, a poorly timed pass call by the Army coach. Which good thing Mike prepared for the pass that game. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> People, I don't know what it is. When you post something about you know, Mike, one of Mike Stoops' defenses or the, the, the other teams running it down their throat or here comes Texas – People will log on and click on it, and they have an appetite for And it's just an anger that builds up in Sooner fans that they've got to vent, and they vent it by you watching these videos. So, um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm anticipating that uh, there could be some venting coming in, to, in a couple of weeks uh, when, you know, Alex Grinch's defense is really finally put to a test. Yeah, um, look, from my perspective, unless it's just completely and utterly the same product from last year, and even then – I can't really be mad at Alex Grinch. This is not his mess. He inherited this mess willingly of his own free will. Um, But these aren't the guys that he recruited. These aren't the guys that have been put through the system, um, through his system, excuse me, for these last few years. There's not that much else he can do except provide a different voice and a different philosophy. And thus far, they've taken to that philosophy. They've, uh, what, now forced five turnovers. Mm Mm-hmm. In the uh, almost caught up. first three games, yeah, almost caught up with the two a game. Two per game. Well, I mean, if you want to consider the uh, turnovers on downs that <laughs> the they forced, down stop. Yeah, we got which, another turnover. Which again, that was <laughs> that was incredibly important because it was following their uh, three and outs, which was about to make the game interesting. I think UCLA had a uh, third down, mm-hmm. and they ran it up the middle for a 40, big forty yard gash. I believe uh, Buki missed the tackle right in the uh, right in the zone, and. You just look like, oh, here it goes. Here comes all the BS scoring to make this game look like it was much closer than it was. And then the defense clamped up and forced a turnover on downs, which, hey, again, Kansas racked up yards. Iowa State racked up yards. Um, Very good to see. Very encouraging to see. God love the OU defense, right? That's what Sooner fans want to hear. But did Chip Kelly make it easy on him or what? Yes. What the hell were they doing? I thought Chip Kelly was supposed to be good. Let's run speed option into the boundary. Again, no. and again, and again. It was like... With our quarterback. No, who, it was like uh, playing your little... Like, I don't have a, I don't have any siblings, but it's like playing a little brother or a, a cousin or whatever <laughs> that doesn't really know what they're doing, like on NCAA or <laughs> on Madden, and they just basically... One play works, and they just keep running it. And yeah, it's yeah. like, they don't understand yeah. that you know what's coming now, <laughs> so you just continue to stop it. It's like, well, they're just going to learn a lesson, right? No, That's Chip funny. Kelly... Um, I don't know if it, if he believes that he just doesn't have the guys to run his system, but DTR is a high, he was a highly recruited guy, and yeah. yes, he's a little he's a little iffy with his ball placement and his accuracy, but the guy is incredibly talented. He, They've got he needs talent. To be yeah, um, their offensive line. Um, basically, I had the same idea that I had going into that game. They're not terrible, and they're not great. They're good enough to get you by, mm-hmm. and it was just disappointing that OU didn't really get tested much more. Um, from an offensive play calling standpoint, that they would have to defend. Yeah, did did we cover the offense already? Not yet. We, we, we talked we, about Jalen. Not yet, because a little bit about there are some points I wanted to go over. Um, you know, whatever point you wanted to finish, I wanted to go over basically the three things that you were looking for for UCLA, the three things that scared you. Oh, okay, yeah, let's and see then, how they did. And then gloat about my score prediction. Let's do it. Okay. All right. Um, so I'll just get the score prediction out of the way. So you said thirty-eight twenty-four. Yep. You gave UCLA a lot of credit. Way too much credit. Um, and you didn't credit Jalen Hurts and his Heisman train enough. That's true. I said 48-21. So I gave UCLA a little bit too much credit, but I was right on OU's score, and Nailed I was it. seven points off. So, um, yeah, kudos to me. <laughs> um, so follow me on Twitter and tell me how cool That's I am. Right. 
Now, the three things that you were wanting to see uh-huh. caused turnovers. They certainly did that. Trey Brown, uh, Check. which both of them were not fluky. No, they took them Be- away. Because you can always you can always point to, like even a lot of the interceptions last year, they were fluky. Yep. They were just completely and utterly bad throws. Um, but these were like, no, give me the ball. They were the types of turnovers that you want to see a defense takeaways. cause. So that is a good check mark. Mm-hmm. Um, you said Calcaterra, but mainly the tight ends. Did you see how many catches he had? I know. Like three in the first quarter. I know. I'm and like he, Lincoln Riley listens to the podcast. And he dropped that first pass on a was it second down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was going to be a first down after they got called back for that holding call. It was a really good ball placement oh, yeah. by Jalen Hurts. It was just exactly where you want it. And I don't know if the if you want to credit the defensive back for making a play on the ball, but Calcaterra should have caught it. That was disappointing. Um, but outside of him, Lee Morris uh-huh. made a big appearance, had some two big catches when the game was still quote-unquote in doubt. Um, but very encouraging. We were seeing the playbook open up a little bit. Yeah. Um, but before we get into anything else, because there's been this talk. Um, I heard this on 107.7 The Franchise, you know, that station we work for. Mm-hmm. Um, I heard this today. And it's been kind of a little bit of a concern over these last few games of there's only one ball and there's 27,000 great players on this offense. Is somebody going to get pissed off? CeeDee Lamb has one catch. Um, I believe he had two or three targets. Yeah. And one of them was the one that was called back. Right. So I don't know if that counts as a target since the play doesn't count. Um, he did have a touchdown rush. Mm-hmm. Um, but, man, this is – That's one way to keep CD happy. Yeah. That, that's, get on the goal line and have him – I, you know you know that was Lincoln just like throwing <laughs> oh, him a bone. Absolutely. But then you you think about Trey Sermon and Kennedy Brooks. Yeah. And this is something that I've thought of. Once OU gets into the meat of their schedule, they're going to have to rely on their guys. And CD's their guy. Trey and Kennedy are their guys. So rest assured, OU fans, if you're worried that um, CD Lamb's going to start tweeting something cryptic <laughs> in the next few weeks, um, wait until Texas. If he's still getting one target per game, yeah. uh, then you can start panicking. That could be that could get interesting. Um, I think uh, I think you're right. The 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 t- I thought it was a touch pass at first, so it could be a reception, but it was a re- it was a lateral pass. It was a lateral that he flipped to CD for the end around. Yeah, he, um, he basically was like a flanker and then came in motion it was, really quickly. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so uh, end around, reverse, whatever you want to say. Which credit to CD, I didn't know he had the moves to make that cut. That was a good cut, I know, wasn't it was, it? he was just like, screw you guys. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, he's going like to stretch for the pylon. No, we ol- cut it up and It's the only time I'm going to touch the ball this half. <laughs> right, yeah, so, but you're right. I mean, there's a, I think there's an urgency on the part of everybody to, to get the football in their hands. Everybody wants it. Problem is... Uh, and we've seen this with Lincoln Riley's offense throughout the years. When you have one, two, three, four play drives, sorry, the other team gets the ball back. You don't unless you onside kick. You know you're not going to get the football back. So um, if, if you if you want a lot of plays, go play for Army. <laughs> you know, I mean they run 15 plays a, a drive. They have 15 yeah. play drives. That, you know, listen. This, that's the nature of Lincoln Riley's offenses. He's going to get guys in space, and they're going to be wide open, and they're going to be running through gaps that are bigger than, you know, uh, the 405 freeway. Yeah. And, you know, the guy who's probably benefited the most from this offense other than Jalen Hurts, Charleston Rambo. He's a guy yeah, now. Good. He is – you know, it's um, it, it was kind of funny. Uh, you watch OU kick UCLA's ass on Saturday night, and then if you tuned in to um, the NFL on Fox the following Sunday, um, I it wasn't the Baltimore-Arizona game that everybody wanted to watch mm-hmm. in this market. 
Um, that wasn't on, but that the first game had ended, and so they went to bonus coverage uh, for Arizona-Baltimore, and all you got to see was Arizona's final drive, and then they punted away, and then Baltimore got the ball back, and then there was a big third and 11. Lamar Jackson just hawks back, throws a big fade route, um, 40-yard fade route to uh, – or go route, excuse me, to uh, Marquise Brown. Reception, ball game ends, and, John, it's like – was that the same guy I just saw, you know, the previous game in L.A. against uh, the Bruins with OU? Because Charleston Rambo, he, yeah, he's probably not as lightning fast as Marquise, but he's essentially the same player. He covers a he, lot of ground. And he's performing at the highest of level, and that's exactly what a Lincoln Riley offense needs is a guy that can take the top off, and mm-hmm. Charleston's been doing that. He's taller. He's uh, longer. He's got more length to him. Uh, so, and he's not as fast. He doesn't cover as much ground. But when he gets his turnover going – and and he's got a straight line, uh, and he told me this last week. I was asking him in the in the interviews. He said, "No one's going to catch me. No <laughs> one's going to catch me when, when I when I get out there and get out get to running. No one's going to catch me." So that um, poor linebacker that um on that play with that kind of broken oh, play where he like just cut up field when yeah. Jalen had to break right mm-hmm. in the pocket. That poor linebacker was like, "Oh my god, this yeah. dude is incredible." <laughs> You're talking about UCLA players, players that play in the Pac-12 that grew up in California. And Charleston Rambo goes out there and makes him look slow. It's pretty <laughs> impressive. Five catches for 116 yards, two touchdowns for uh, Rambo. Yeah, he has to be leading the team in receiving, right? I know. I know. CD uh, had a big game so. in South Dakota, yeah. but he had a big. I think he led the team in receiving yards against Houston and UCLA. Mm-hmm. So the the thing that concerns me right now with Oklahoma's offense, there's two things. One is the offensive line. We've talked ad nauseum about that. The other thing oh, is. Yeah. Uh, Jalen is pulling off of his read progression still a little bit quick. And he's not stepping up in the pocket whatsoever. No, uh, not really. He's buying himself a little time, like you said, on the Rambo catch. But for the most part, when he when he when when his first read's not there, he might check his second read. When If that's not there, he's gone. He's running. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if, if the – listen, don't be stupid, okay, and think that your quarterback can't run. When the whole side of the field yeah, when opens you got, up, when you got fifty yards in front of you. Just go ahead, go, young man, go. So that was uh, that was impressive. Uh, his decision making right there, and his ability to decide, hey, there's nobody on that side of the field. I'm gonna go ahead and run this. Uh, so there's nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. But 14 carries, um, most of those were either designed or uh, ad libs that he just decided I'm running, and a couple of them he took some hits again. Yeah. And so that's the thing maybe besides the offensive line that concerns me is his durability. Yeah, durability, decision making. Um, Lincoln said tonight, no, in in any offense, having your quarterback be your leading rusher is not ideal. But mm. that's just the way the defenses have played us so far. And uh, he says that's, uh, you know, they're looking forward to exploit it whenever it's there. Yeah, and you look at the box score. Um, Trey Sermon has seven carries. Kennedy Brooks has seven carries. Jalen has fourteen, so like your brain, just, your brain just goes, okay. So seven of those were designed, and seven of those were improvised because it kind of falls in line with the rest of the play calling. Yeah. Um, but again, when OU gets when OU's in a dogfight in the Cotton Bowl, and they could be very, they could very well be in a dogfight not just against Texas Tech, but against the suddenly overpowering Kansas Jayhawks mm-hmm. on the road wow. against Les Miles, who does nothing but annoy OU fans. All he does is win, win, win. Yeah. I still can't believe that that score. I can't either. That was one of my locks of the week. Oh, re- oh, I'm so sorry. Kansas, you got uh, burned by Kansas. Kansas giving up 21, 24. Oof. Sorry, they won by 21. Ooh, that's a 44, 45 point swing. No, I um, I went to go see it chapter two, and I was checking you know random scores, 
And the last thing I saw, I think it was Boston College seventeen to seven, like in the second <laughs> midway through the second quarter. It was ten zero like, and seventeen second, seventeen seven. Yeah, seventeen yeah, seven, like ten nine minutes left in the second quarter. Put my phone down. It chapter two is like three hours long. Yeah. And with about thirty no minutes, yeah, with about thirty minutes left in the movie, and I knew it was almost over because I've seen the original. I've read the book, so I was like, okay, let me check a score real quick. <laughs> During the movie, yeah, I would have slapped the phone right out I, of your hand. I was sitting. Man. I sit up in the back. I always <laughs> sit in the back because I'm addicted to this thing. My phone. Um, <laughs> I checked the score, and it was 48 to 24, Kansas. And I was like, I, I just like rubbed my yeah, eyes. Right. I was That's like, this is this is this is someone screwing hey, with me. It was a big win, but for the for a big week for the whole Big 12. No, the Big 12 showed out. Texas Tech disappointed. Gave um, up a 99 yard run, a 99 yard drive. 13-play, 99-yard drive by the uh, Texas Tech. Shout and out to was, Coach DeMarco Murray. It was all rushing. DeMarco Murray. Yes. <laughs> Making um, a name for himself. So Texas Tech didn't have a good night, but but uh, West Virginia. Bounced beats, back. Yeah, NC State after just getting obliterated by Missouri. And then uh, the other one, oh, TCU goes to Purdue, and they just absolutely dominated. You knew, that's not a surprise that they won, but they just – Pushed them around. They had like negative yards rushing. No, and there was some hype following Purdue going mm-hmm. into the season with uh, was it Brian Brom. Yeah, um, Jeff Brom. He- Jeff Brom, excuse me, the head coach. Yep. Um, then, they they beat Ohio State last year. They've got that really talented sophomore right. uh, whose name is Cobb. Can't Moore. remember. Moore. Okay. Rondell Moore. Moore. Rondell Moore. Um, there was some hype, but they disappointed. They lost against Nevada in their first week, mm-hmm. but still, like to go travel to some unfamiliar territory and go kick ass like TCU right. did. No, it was a really good week for the big Rufus and then State. Goes on the road in the SEC, 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 and takes down um, Mississippi State. In a game that, that they, in a game that they dominated, but they screwed around so much that uh, I was like, like half the time that. I was like, they're going to lose this game. Yet I'm going to be, I'm going to come away from this like, man, they they left so much on the table. But then it was like they just decided, oh, okay, let's win this game mm-hmm. now. I want to pitch a story that I'm working on real quick. I talked to Please all the big, big Twelve coaches on the on the conference call this morning. Talked to Chris Kleiman. Uh, Gary Patterson, bunch of coaches who who uh, Neil Brown, um, that went Les Miles, of course, that won games, won big games for the league, and Chris Kleiman gave me the most coach speak answer, and yet I totally buy it, and it was totally believable what he said. I said, when did you have a sense that you were going to win this game? Not not Saturday, but previously. And he said we had an unbelievable week of practice. He said the kids believed that we could win this game. He said, and I really sensed that during the week. I think that's half the battle. I really do. Yep. You have to play well, but you have to prepare, prepare well, too. And I think uh, mm-hmm. Big 12 teams – listen, Big 12 teams are very well coached. Uh, Chris Kleiman has won four national championships on the FCS level. Dude knows what he's doing. No, I thought the coaching got better this year, Absolutely. like in the offseason. Yes. It's like, okay, yeah, the results might not be there in their first year, but I think, bar none, the coaching improved. I mean, just the guys that they were able to bring in. You've got guys that run yeah. proven systems. And Kleiman, the, yeah. that – that idea of hiring him from North Dakota State to Kansas State, you're essentially going to be recruiting and coaching the same type of player. Mm-hmm. You know, guys that have chips on their shoulders that were overlooked, guys that diamonds in the rough. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're not going to get your four or five star talents to Manhattan, so you might as well do the best with what you got. Kleiman's the perfect guy for that. So I, I thought, no question, the coaching got better, and you've seen it in these first few weeks. I mean, the Big 12, they didn't win their big marquee game, Texas LSU, right. but Texas was <laughs> very much in that game, and they gave, they, provided themselves a very good blueprint for the rest of the year which tom herman uh answered my question to this morning oh uh, and so yeah i guess it was this morning it was eleven thirty. uh he said uh, wish we'd have done our part yep to uh last week when we played uh, lsu wish we'd have done our part <laughs> well i mean 
Yeah, you tried. For Tom, that, you tried. For him, I don't really care. But uh, Big week for me, by the way. Uh, so I covered Oklahoma State-Tulsa on Saturday. Which was a wacky fun game. Wacky fun game. Uh, today was um, – I got one more thing to talk about. Oh, you don't let me forget. Uh, today I was at Stillwater doing the Mike Gundy press conference and then raced down to Norman, uh, dropped off some mail in Edmond for my son, who doesn't know how to do, do mail yet. <laughs> it's hard. <laughs> mail is hard. Uh, so I talked, came to Norman, talked to Lincoln. Here we are doing this podcast. Um, I'll be uploading videos throughout the night um, as, I, as I'm driving home. Now, I don't drive home while I'm editing. I pull over to the side of the road <laughs> and start uploading and then take off again. I pull over like on the highway. You need like a cop car time. so you can just. <laughs> know, right? Or a cop in the car with me to upload my videos. There you go. Um, but the other thing is uh, I am going to Austin this week. That's going to be a fun game. Yes. Uh, Oklahoma State plays at Texas, and I'm going to get some time with the athletic director representing Sporting News. So uh, look for that, Sporting News, sportingnews.com. I'm going to ask him some hard-hitting questions. I'll say this. I'm not bragging. Trust me, I'm not bragging on this. I'm I'm saying it because it was somebody else's idea. I just went down there and executed it. In 2011, I went down there and I spent an hour with the athletic director. I was part of a package. I won the National Beat Writer of the Year. Oh, yeah. Well, covering OU. So I had a bunch of stuff from that trip, was able to turn it around. And the reason is they, they're so gracious. You'd mm-hmm. think Texas is so cocky, but they're gracious. Why are they gracious? Because they want to talk about themselves. Hell, yeah, I'll talk to Sporting News. Have Bring them in. It was, it's so awesome that, that uh, John Bianco and those guys on the media relations team do an unbelievable job. Uh, and then, uh, you know, Chris Del Conte is the uh, athletic director. He's super busy on Friday. He's super, super busy on Saturday. He's making room for me, making time for me to come down there and visit with him. So That's going to be exciting. Exclusive stuff. Looking forward to it. It's going to be fun. Uh, you need to check it out. Um, this week, this weekend, and next week, Sporting News and TheFranchiseOK.com. And then two months from now, check it out because clicks. Clicks are very important. Absolutely. Um, no, so, Okay. One more thing back to OU. Let's get to the three fears that you uh, talked about on, okay. the, uh, yes, yes, pre- yes. on the pregame pod. Before I forget. Yes. Are you a Cal Sutherland fan now? Um, yes. Because that's on my list, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that, I think that was your second fear. Now, yes. he didn't. Lincoln didn't need him to make a clutch field goal. No, now, but when he does, now yeah. he's, done, he's made a field goal. Yeah. That was all part of the plan for Lincoln. Well, you know, I kind of jokingly said this after um, the Houston game. And, you know, we all kind of laughed about it because it's like you have one job, you either make them or you miss them. It doesn't matter. But when you're breaking in a new – when you're breaking in a new kicker, he didn't miss them like Jimmy Stevens did. No, that's right. And so, like (laughs) – He said that today. He said there's misses and then there's bad misses. Yes. Now, (laughs) those misses against Houston, I I was like, he's going to make some eventually and then maybe – it just forces, like what I said earlier, OU just, Lincoln and Riley just decides, okay, we're just going to go for it. Screw it. Um, they're not going to stop us, so why even bother? But the makes that he had, you know, they weren't, I think they were just 30 yarders. Mm-hmm. Um, they were right down the middle. see the ball go in, yeah. go through the uprights. They were right down the middle. They were powerful. They were exactly what you want to see out of mm-hmm. a kicker. So, to me, I'm fine. I, I thought he did well, and he got his first make out of the way, and hopefully... When he's called upon, he will continue to perform at a high level. And, yeah, I'm excited for a kicker. So that's my second thing that I wanted to see. Yes. Um, let me pull up my phone one more time. Sorry, your phone went Sorry. to sleep. Yes. Uh, don't get Jalen Hurts hurt offensive yes. line. 14 carries. Was he sacked? I don't think he was sacked. Um, I Actually, I think he might have been. No. I can't remember. Um. There was one particular play late in the game that I thought, that's kind of scary. One sack. 
Once, yeah, by UCLA. I feel like I remember one time he got sacked behind the line of scrimmage, obviously. Um, but there was one play, and it was the I think his last drive where he like ran on third down and got hit and turned around oh, yeah. and then backed into a first down mm-hmm. because he's so damn big. Yeah, um, that was one player I was like, okay, don't be tempting fate right. now because all it takes is one ankle roll. Yep. And well, then he's, you're, I mean, you're you're backing in and you're pushing the pile. You're you're not supposed to do that as a quarterback. Guys are hit, diving at you, piling on top of you, hitting you in the knees. Mm-hmm. Take care of yourself. Yeah. Um, the third thing was uh, motivation. And like we said kind of oh, at the beginning yeah, of the show. that's the part that surprised me. Um, I mean, in a bad way? No, it surprised me that they were that motivated to go out there and kick UCLA's ass up and down the you field. You know, and that, because on the pregame pod, you know, I explained to you, like, you know, as a fan, you know, Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday, you're like, oh, he's going to win. Mm-hmm. Wednesday and Thursday, yeah. you kind of get a little cautious. Friday and Saturday, you're like, okay, what's going to cause right. everything to go wrong? Yes, UCLA is bad. But OU's going to the Rose Bowl. This is a name program. OU understands how bad they are, and they probably look at it from the perspective of, let's show out against this name program. And that's exactly what they did. They just showed out. Mm-hmm. You know, Everybody flexed. Um, that first touchdown that Jalen Hurts ran um, on that first drive, it, re- it reminded me of the uh, fourth down against Oregon in Eugene when uh, Adrian Peterson, that goal line stance, and he just ran up the middle untouched because nobody was there. And yeah. he just high-stepped 25 yards into the end zone. Reminded me of that. Um, everybody flexed and showed out. And Seven guys from Cali. Yeah. And, so they, and they all had a good time. I would hope so. I would hope so. I don't know if you heard uh, Eddie Radosvich say that uh, there were some gunshots after the yes, game. Yes, I did hear that. That's not fun. Uh, That's well, it wasn't a drive-by. There was an actual shootout. Oh, my God. <laughs> they were actually standing there shooting at each other outside the stadium. The Goodness. Not a good place to be. Come on, people. Um, I've been uh, New Year's Eve uh, Tempe one time. We went to a media party or kind of a – they invited us. and mm-hmm. There were some gunshots. There, in between the fireworks, New Year's Eve fireworks, there were some gunshots, just and we a, left. Just another day. Tempe, Arizona, baby. <laughs> Represent. Um, but I guess uh, other than, the, than those three things uh, that we just talked about, John, I mean, is there anything else pressing? I mean, because the offensive line, I feel like that that's going to be – it's a little silly to keep talking about them because until further notice, that's just going to be a problem. Yeah. The left side particularly. There there was a little bit of improvement, mm-hmm. not enough because – You just said exactly what Lincoln Riley said. Oh. Brady knows his Sooners, people. Yay. Thank you. He said there was – Thank you, Lincoln Riley. I said, was there improvement? Did you see improvement? And he said, yes, we did see improvement, but we want to see more. There's mm-hmm. a lot to be desired uh, left out there that these, blo- these guys got to get down. Yeah, because you've said this before. Competition's getting better. I just hit my mic. You've said this before on this podcast. They're not playing Houston. They're not playing South Dakota. Like you watch this team, and basically, okay, pretend how how are they performing against Texas? How are they mm-hmm. performing against Kansas State, mm-hmm. and so on? And with the way this offensive line is, Clemson yeah, what what the way this offensive line has performed, if they're playing Texas, that left side of that line collapses maybe a split second quicker and yep. that probably keeps Jalen Hurts from getting outside the pocket into his comfort zone. That's right. And he doesn't have the Kyler Murray speed to get away from a defensive lineman that's already running at him full speed mm-hmm. with, you know, nobody in front of him. And I don't think that's an unfair comparison because this program uh, compares itself and has a standard to win national championships. Yep. If you're going to win a national championship, you're going to have to play better than what we've seen these first three games. Yeah. Um, Proctor, Swenson. Yeah. It'll come. 
It'll, I real I firmly believe by the end of the year they're gonna this is gonna look like a totally different offensive. What line. do you think about Creed Humphrey uh, sitting out some meaningful snaps? Uh, he did it against South Dakota. Mm-hmm. McIver came in. I mean, is it basically the same? Do you think it's just the same idea that Grinch has on defense yeah. of Creed? I mean, we know what Creed can do. Sure. This game's over. Put out some uh, someone else that's going to have to probably play maybe next year if Creed decides to go to the NFL. Yeah, yesterday, four minutes left in the game. Todd Gurley is in for the Los Angeles Rams mm-hmm. uh, across town yep. in the Coliseum, and I'm thinking, what is he doing in there? He doesn't need to. I know what Todd Gurley can do. Get Malcolm Brown in there and have him hold on to the football. Same thing with the OU offensive line. Same thing with the Jalen Hurts. We know what these guys can do. No reason to keep them in there that late. Here's the sad thing about McIver, though. Um, I knew he was in the game. Not because I noticed Creed like substitute, not because the camera panned over the offensive line and I'm like, okay, that's McIver, that's not Creed. I noticed it because the snaps were worse. They were slower and they went a little higher. Ah. And that little extra split second with a kind of a questionable offensive line, that'll hurt hurt you. Need to fix that one. Get your quarterback under duress, that's right. Um, Other than that, John, anything else? No, I don't think so. Um, Got a big week. You come, you come a lot back, of football. You coming back down to Norman for uh, Jalen Hurts tomorrow? I will not. As yeah, much I d- driving and, I don't blame and traveling you. as I've been doing the last couple of days. I don't blame you one yep. bit. That's I-44 is not fun. Turner is not f- a fun drive at all. No. Um, but, yeah. Um, by the way, everybody watching on YouTube, and I didn't say this at the beginning, we are at Blue again, my favorite place in Norman. So come check them out. Really good. Really good drinks. Really good people. Good salads. Uh, um, yeah. All the food's great. Um, I think I had the – Quesadillas last time, right? Quesad- yeah, Spanish quesadillas or, um, let's see, I usually get like the shrimp tacos because they're good. Sounds amazing. I'm probably going to have some in about <laughs> 10 minutes. But, um, yeah, we're going to have Rufus on tomorrow. He was a little, he couldn't uh, join us tonight. He had some other work stuff that he had to do. So I'll get Rufus tomorrow or Wednesday. Um, working on uh, another little special guest since it's the bye week um, and since John will be in Austin, I figured I'd have something for OU fans to consume um for the weekend so i'm working on that and uh don't want to give too much away but don't want to jinx it you guys will all enjoy it if it's able to happen so um yeah for mr john hoover thank you so much for uh sleeping three hours and then working your ass off (laughs) then coming over here to do a podcast more coffee please yeah exactly um hopefully you drive safe but everybody thank you for watching on john's youtube page thank you for listening on the franchise podcast network to the inside OU podcast mr john hoover this is brady trentham see y'all later Listen to Brady Trantham Saturdays from 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. on 1077 The Franchise and 1079 The Franchise Tulsa. Follow him on Twitter at Brady Does Sports. Listen to John Hoover weekdays from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. on 1077 The Franchise and 1079 The Franchise Tulsa. Follow him on Twitter at John E. Hoover. Subscribe, rate, and review all the podcasts in the Franchise Podcast Network. The Sam Mays Podcast, All In, Inside OU, OKC82, and Intimate with TV's Jerry can be found in all the places you listen to your podcasts. Seriously, just subscribe. You don't even have to listen.